Yes. Oh, hello. All right. Yeah, we are we're excited to switch it up a little bit for Easter uh, to do a 10 a.m. service. You got me there, Adrian? Yeah. Oh, there we go. 10 a.m. instead of 1130. So then we'll be done by 1130 instead of one. And some people can be with their families. Uh, do your family lunch plans. Uh, can we work on the, the reverb there a little bit or should I just grab this mic? Let me know uh, what you need there. Oh, that's a little better. Uh, yeah, so, so put it in your brains, man. Get up, come here, bring, bring your family. Bring your family to breakfast here. We'll be right outside. Sir, uh, uh, let's honor Jesus for rising from the dead on Easter Sunday, right? I think one of the things about those of us that follow Jesus is we're trying to help lead our family into honoring God. And Easter uh, is a place where we should help the family go, that's right, we need to honor God, and then let's go party. <laughs> right, let's honor God and let's party, all in the same spirit, right? And so that's why we're doing a little bit earlier this, Sunday, uh, this Easter year. So we're, we're really excited about that. Um, oh man, good times, good to be with you all. Jesus wants to speak to us. Jesus always wants to speak to us. He's just looking for people who will stop to listen and then who will act on what he says. One of the more amazing stories that I have heard over the years of this, I'm still getting that. You guys still hearing that reverb a little bit? Yeah, a little bit. Adrian, keep working on that for me, would you, buddy? Hey, can we give it up for Adrian and Alice back there, dude? Every week. Damn. They are doing it. And then Adrian, you just let me know. Uh, that, that's even a little bit better. That a little better? Yeah, all right. So um, one of the most amazing stories of hearing... Jesus wants to speak. If we would just put ourselves in a place to listen, and then we'll do what he says. Right? Jesus' words are like gold. He doesn't just throw his money around. When he speaks, things happen, right? I mean, when Jesus spoke, the world was created. It's very different, right? I say something to Maggie. She's like, whatever, show me, do something. You know what I mean? Jesus says something, and things happen. It's gold, and so he's not going to put his deposits in people that aren't going to do anything. One of the most amazing uh, stories I've heard over the years is a young woman who just decided, you know what, I believe the Bible. Jesus speaks. I want to learn how to listen to his voice. And the scripture shows me, I've been taught that it's gold and he wants to invest in people who will do it. So, all right, I'm going to just do whatever he says. So she goes out one day, kind of like in the main strip, if you will, like her version of Broadway in her city. And she's walking around and she's just like, Jesus speak, I'm listening, I'm ready. And the first thought that comes to her mind is to go uh, uh, across the street to like a little mini mart, like a 7-Eleven type, and to go in and stand on our, her hands like a handstand in front of the cashier. That's the first thought that came to her mind. She was like, okay, I got a lot of work to do to hear the voice of God. I'm just thinking crazy. So she's like, all right, let me, do. and then she moves on, and, and then she asks Jesus again, okay, I'm ready, speak. Same thought comes in her mind. All right, and then third time, finally she's like, oh, I made a decision. Today I was going to listen and do whatever he says. She walks into the mini mart, goes right, to, right before the counter, and just gets over and <laughs> puts herself on a handstand right in front of the cashier. Cashier's just like, whoa, why did you do that? And she just explained why. I'm trying to hear from God, and Jesus told me to come and do this. And he just starts breaking down crying. And she finds out, after the tears are done, he says, uh, as I came into work this morning, I was done with my life. I was done. 
and I was thinking suicidal thoughts, and then I just cried out, God, you're not real. If you're real, send somebody in right now and have them do a handstand right in front of me, and then I know you're real. Boom. She gave to lead him into a love relationship with Jesus and get him on the right path. I am pretty sure that this is on the top 10 greatest moments of this woman's life. You know what I mean? Jesus is speaking all the time if we will just want to listen and obey. So today we're going to learn how to grow in hearing the voice of God and then how to act on it together. We're going to try to listen in faith to Jesus today. Would you please stand to honor the reading of the scripture? Our scripture comes from John chapter 10. Verses 1 through 5. I tell you the truth. Anyone who sneaks over the wall of a sheepfold rather than going through the gate must surely be a thief and a robber. But the one who enters through the gate is the shepherd of the sheep. The gatekeeper opens the gate for him and the sheep recognize his voice and come to him. He calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. After he has gathered his own flock, he walks ahead of them, and they follow him because they know his voice. They won't follow a stranger. They will run from him because they don't know his voice. Lord Jesus, we thank you for gathering us this morning. God, we're here because we need you. We need your words like we need food. Come and speak to us, Lord Jesus. We are ready to listen. Come and make these words from Scripture come alive. Come and speak a live, fresh words to each one of our hearts this morning. We need you, Jesus. Come, Holy Spirit of God. You be the center of this time. Lead us forward. We pray this in the precious name of Jesus. And all God's people said, amen, amen. You may take a seat. Well, this teaching of Jesus has some very powerful truths for us. Jesus is using the analogy of a sheep and caring for sheep to teach us about our relationship with Him. Now, sheep are very fragile animals. Oh man, I'm hearing that echo again. Yeah, I think I am. Here. Adrian, let's just try this, brother. I'm going to turn this off. Hello? Okay, yeah, see, that's a lot better. All right, let's go. Forget this one here. Am I? All right. Boom. Turn to someone and say, it's about time he grabbed that mic. Thanks for, thanks for getting it through here. All right. This teaching of Jesus has some very powerful truths for us. Jesus is using the analogy of a sheep and caring for sheep to teach us about our relationship to him. Now, sheep are very fragile animals. Let's just say that sheep are not known for their toughness in the animal kingdom. You know what I'm saying? The life of a sheep is completely dependent on the commitment of the shepherd. We should remind ourselves that at the core, we are sheep. That's the first thing we should hear from this passage. We are not shepherds. If we accept that fundamental truth of life, life can be very good for us. If we work hard to deny it and ignore it, if we keep trying to convince ourselves that we are strong enough to handle the wolves in our life on our own, man, then we're never going to have life as abundantly as Jesus offers. We will never live the life we dream of living. There is freedom and honesty. 
There is freedom when we accept the fact that we are sheep in need of a good shepherd. Can I get an amen? All right. Jesus is convincing us here that he and he alone is the best shepherd to give our lives to. So, see, the question is never, do you have a shepherd? The question is always, who is your shepherd? Everybody always has a shepherd, right? Everybody has one, and most of the time we think we are our own shepherd, and that's the first step of destroying our lives. The question is always, who is your shepherd? Who leads you? Who do you go to when you're stressed out and in need of help? Who do you go to when you need to make important decisions? Who do you run to when the wolves come to attack? Who do you go to when you need motivation to take on the challenges of life? Today, I want us to really drill down and ask, whose voice do you hear the most? Whose voice do you hear the most? Your own? Your mom's? (laughs) Your husband's, your wife's, news person, talk show, whose voice do you hear the most? Is it Jesus? I think for most of us, we want Jesus to be our shepherd, but we just struggle in actually following him and hearing his voice day in and day out. We struggle with the, that constant pull on us to be our own shepherd, right? We keep that, the, that, that lies that I can make better decisions for myself, I can be more in control if I call the shots. We, we struggle with this at the core. It's the core evil that we've been born into. We, I talked about this a couple weeks ago, this independence pull, right? But then we just also practically know how to hear the voice of Jesus. We, we always question, like, is it him or is it my own words and thoughts? So we're going to try to grow in this area of hearing the voice of Jesus in our life to get today. First thing, John 10 is clear. Every person who gives their life to Jesus can hear Jesus speak to them. Right? The scripture did not say in John 10, and among the sheep there is only a few who can hear the shepherd, so the rest of the sheep have to listen to the few sheep relay the shepherd's words to them. I didn't read that today. I don't know. Did you guys hear that today? I did not hear that. No. Right? That's not the picture here. Yes, God gives the body of faith teachers, gifted prophets. We're going to talk about that. There's a, there's a reason why we are given that. But this is big picture in John 10. And in the big picture, all sheep recognize and hear the voice of the shepherd. So it means if Jesus is the Savior of your sins, you can hear the voice of Jesus. If Jesus is the Lord of your life, you can hear the voice of Jesus. If you love Jesus, you can hear the voice of Jesus. He really is that good of a shepherd. Every sheep can hear the voice of Jesus. Second, it takes practice and perseverance to learn how to hear the voice of Jesus. Most of this is on us, not on Jesus, right? We have so much brokenness and sin and drama in our lives. We've built up this film that separates us from the spiritual dimension. We've been talking about this for months now. And at the root of that sin is our own delusion of self-sufficiency and self-confidence. We instinctively listen to our voice first. That's just the natural addiction or habit that we all have as human beings, is I'm going to listen to my voice first. So it takes time to distinguish his voice from our voice. Because, right, we were not made to be God. When we keep trying to be God, 
we're constantly insecure about our own wisdom and guidance. So there's this crazy buzzing in our minds. We, we go from confidence, I know exactly what I got to tell myself, to insecurity, like I don't know if I'm telling myself the right things. And we do this, it's, it's just, it's a tough, we're a mess up here, y'all, right? Are you with me? We are a mess right up here. This, this thing right here, this is the battleground. And so, right, and then of course we just get a barrage of lies that get into our minds from outside influence, other people, the devil himself, right, demonic stuff. We've got to work through all of that to learn how to tune the frequency to Jesus, right? Old school radio knob, tune the frequency, right? Get it right in there, right? Uh, to learn how to recognize the voice of Jesus. Some people, they approach hearing the voice of Jesus as an extreme sport, that it's all about, this is for my adrenaline and having a great story. They're just like, oh man, this is awesome. God speaks. I just want to get a big firework story. I want to have a story like standing on my handstand and saving somebody from killing himself. If you walked in late, you missed that story. Sorry. Some people approach listening to the voice of Jesus like a special, a special like sage moment of desperation. It's kind of like Jesus is like going to a tarot card reader. It's like there's really no desire for relationship. I just want to use God to hook me up or save me, and then I'm going to move on living independently with Jesus, and I'll just come back around when I'm really in trouble and I need a word from Jesus. Both of those two ends of the spectrum, it's all about me. Jesus is, I just get an adrenaline fix. I don't care about the, like, the boring aspects of following Jesus. Just give me some more power. I want to hear God. And then it's, that's about me. I'm using Jesus for my own whatever. And then there's the other side of just like, I just, when I'm stuck, he's my tarot card reader, and then I go back to normal life. See, Jesus knows that the only thing that can save us is a real, consistent relationship with him. That's what he built us for. That's why in the Gospels, when he's teaching about himself, he uses right, uh, relationships that we understand to other things when he talks about himself to us. He tells us in the Gospels, I am your doctor. He says, I am your food. He says, I am your water. You cannot survive without a relationship with me. Right? So sometimes, sometimes he'll speak a little bit and he'll see how we respond. Right? Does, does his, his little speaking, his supernatural word, does it cause us to hunger for more of him, hunger to obey him more, hunger to depend upon him, to be with him more? Or do we just, it's just sugar daddy, thank you for the little word, bye-bye, I'll be back in a month, right? Often, uh, right, I'll see a young person in the faith get a very powerful supernatural experience with Jesus, and that is just the grace of Jesus to say, you are choosing rightly. You have started to follow me. I'm going to show you how good I am. And bam. And then it's like small amounts. It goes from a big experience to small amounts. Because Jesus is trying to develop intimacy in real relationship. He wants, he wants us to love him in, in, in every sphere of our life. Whether we can feel him in a powerful way or not. As Jesus says, if you're faithful in little, then I know you will be faithful in much. He wants to see that you take his simple words and turn them into a sheep-like dependency and loving relationship with him, not keep him in the place of a tarot card reader. Think about like a relationship analogy. 
A relationship can not only be the big date where you go and you buy tickets to the concert and you go and you have this great dinner and you dress up. You can't do that every day or you're going to be broke. You know what I'm saying? I mean, it just ain't going to work, right? But you do those special things to be reminded we're, we have something very special that I can't find anywhere else. And that's why tomorrow I'll wash the dishes for you. And the next day I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to work on loving the dog together. <laughs> that's what I'm <laughs> keeping it real. See, Jesus doesn't want us to just go, is it date night yet? Jesus, are you going to live with me? Are we, gonna, are, are, we, are, we, are we really home team here? So he's faithful and little, faithful and much. And, he, and then when he realizes, oh, she can handle a lot of me because her heart has been changed. Her whole life is around me. I can give more and more and more and more. And the great thing about Jesus, once we have kind of come all the way through the healing into a full relationship with him, he can give us a lot more power. He can give us a lot more date nights because here's the one thing about Jesus. He ain't never going to be broke. He can keep pouring it out. He just got to make sure we can handle it and not turn him into the extreme sport or the sage reader, right? As Joe Ewan likes to say, someone many of us know, been blessed by, practice makes prophetic. Prophetic is hearing the words of the Lord in real time. As we keep hungering to hear him speak and keep acting on what he says, we establish a trust relationship with Jesus, and we learn how to distinguish his voice from ours and, and other people's voices. It's just as we just keep putting ourselves in a place to listen more and more and more, we start to figure it out. And this moves us to the most important practical principle of teaching on hearing the voice of Jesus. If you forget everything else I say today, remember this. You can only grow in hearing the voice of God in community, in church community, by praying with others. Obviously, every one of us has a unique personal relationship with Jesus, right? We all can hear Jesus in our own little prayer world at home or whatever. But there is a limit to the depths we can go with Jesus in private, I hear more quickly the voice of Jesus. I grow more quickly when I am practicing and listening in community with other people that I am praying with together. Jesus is fundamentally relational. He's fundamentally relational, and he's most clearly seen and heard in his church, in every body of people that he calls together to be a spiritual family. Because Jesus is in me, Jesus is an angel, and Alicia, when we gather together, I can hear Jesus uniquely as he speaks through angel and Alicia, right? Hearing the real-time voice of Jesus and speaking that to others is called the prophetic ministry. Often when we hear uh, of, a, of a prophet, we think of someone who predicts the future. Now, this can be a part of prophecy, but actually most prophecy in the Scripture is speaking into the present, uh, that, 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 and, then, and then in the Bible, uh, and in time over history, there was a major shift in prophetic ministry at the cross and resurrection of Jesus. Before the cross, the death and resurrection of Jesus, as we read in our Old Testament, only a few special people were given the Spirit of God to hear and communicate the words of God. These prophets would literally speak the words of God. Every word would be God. It became Scripture. You right? 
I say, God is speaking through this voice, right? It was like prophet with a capital P, okay? But then after the death and resurrection of Jesus, the Spirit of God is now released to all people who worship Jesus. You don't have to be the special priest. All people who give their lives to Jesus are now filled with the Spirit of Jesus. We've been forgiven of sin, so now a holy God can live in us. His Spirit can be with us. And so now we're told in the New Testament that now we access the voice of Jesus together in the community of all saints. Turn to someone and say, you are a saint. Mm. 1 Corinthians 12, you were not supposed to say you're a sinner. You're supposed to say you're a saint. Okay, It's true you're a sinner too, but we're trying to build people up, and you're going to see why in a second. 1 Corinthians 12 starts three chapters. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, chapter 12, 13, and 14, three chapters on what the church is actually supposed to be, how to understand the role of the Spirit in the church. It is some amazing chapters in our Bible. I really commend you to read those over this next week. Paul starts out by explaining in chapter 12, verse 7, now to each person in the church community, he's talking to, now to each person, the manifestation of the Spirit of God is given for the common good. Did you see that? For the common good. You're limited in what you can receive, just you and Jesus. The Spirit is poured out for the community, for the common good. If you just, right, you're just limited. The deeper our commitment is to each other, the deeper is the revelation that Jesus will give us. There's lots of reasons to this. It's very dangerous when one individual receives all this power from God and is not connected to a community. People cannot handle power. If that's one thing we've learned in life, people cannot handle power. Uh, in three chapters, 1 Corinthians 12, 13, 14, more than 10 times Paul talks about the Spirit being given for the common good. Listen to these powerful words in chapter 14, verses 1 through 5. I'm, I'm reading 1 and then uh, uh, 3 through 5. Follow the way of love and eagerly desire gifts of the Spirit, especially prophecy. Remember, prophecy is hearing the voice of God in real time and speaking that. The one who prophesies speaks to people for their strengthening, encouraging, and comfort. Anyone who speaks in a tongue edifies themselves, but the one who prophesies edifies the church. I would like every one of you to speak in tongues, but I would rather have you prophesy. The one who prophesies is greater than the one who speaks in tongues unless someone interprets so that the church may be edified. We talked about tongues weeks ago. Tongues is given for our personal relationship with Jesus and sometimes when we gather together in small groups. But Paul is saying there is more when we gather. Go after prophecy because then you'll get more of God together. See, when we gather together as church here on Sundays, or church as life group, or church as two or three gathering together to study the word, to pray, and encourage one another, we are always getting into the presence of Jesus. This is not like stale religious routine. We know that Jesus is alive, and we gather, we gather to be in his presence. So we are in his very real presence when we sing those worship songs, and our hearts are melted, and we can just feel his love in our bones and in our souls, Right? Then we are in his presence when we have the teaching of the scripture as he brings this great clarity and conviction to our minds. But then we are especially in his presence when he speaks right to us 
through someone else who could only know what they are saying if God actually revealed it to them. Do you hear what I'm saying, church? There is an, a special moment of being in his presence when somebody is praying for you in church, in life group, in two or threes, and they listen and they speak what they hear and you're like, only you know, God, and now I'm really in your presence. Just last week, I was over at our West LA church. The, uh, I, had come, I, I, I had come back, I, I was over at the West LA church and the week before, I was doing a bunch of big picture thinking about where our churches are going. And, you know, I got so excited last week about where New Life, uh, Hope Community Church, uh, and West L.A. is going to change the city of L.A. But I remember coming off of the week on Saturday just thinking, God, there's so much things that I'm doing, the same thing every week, and it's hard. I just need to get out of that so I have time to, to go after these new dreams and visions you're giving me. That's what I felt coming into Sunday. I was also dealing with vertigo, which really stinks, you know what I mean? So I go to West LA Church. After church, they have a meeting with their uh, life group leaders. And they're talking about hearing the voice of God. And this one woman, she's from France, and uh, she, she's over there, and she's just like, yeah, I've heard this before, but it's hard for me. I just, I get a little cynical about what I hear. I just don't know if I can hear actually the voice of Jesus. It was a big group, about 15 people. She says that in, in, the, in the teaching time. Well, then they start praying for people to practice hearing the voice of Jesus. And we start putting a person on the seat, the hot seat we called it, and we just listen and we speak what, what is being said. There's some powerful things going on. This woman from France never, ever prays. She's just sitting there kind of with her eyes closed. She had shared with us earlier, I'm not that comfortable. I don't know if I can hear the voice of God. I don't even want to think about this. So then we're all done. And all of a sudden, somebody goes, wait a minute, Pastor Chris, we didn't pray for you. And I was like, oh, okay, sure, let's go, right? It's always nice when they want to pray for the pastor. So I sit down, and uh, right away, they start praying for my vertigo, right, which was so cool. And all of a sudden, this woman from France, she just goes, I, I don't know if this is from God. I just keep hearing these phrases going back and forth in my mind. He's just saying, Chris, that there's blessing in repetition, and there's blessing for you in all the same things that you're doing in your job every week. And you should see the blessing in them. And I'm like, the chills are just going in my arms right now. I'm like, oh my gosh. See, now I confess that. So now Alicia and Maggie and Dave and the elders are like, uh-huh, we're going to hold you to keeping, you know what I mean? Don't be running too fast. But I was like, only God would know that. And of course he speaks it through the woman who is like completely not sure what's going on. And so I'm just receiving it. I'm like, all right, God, I'm going to be faithful to my job. All right, I'm not going to run too fast. Afterwards, I pulled her aside and I told her, you have no idea. I needed that word right now. That's powerful when you're in that moment, in that presence. You're like, dang, right? 1 Corinthians chapter 12 through 14 makes it clear that prophecy is to be a central pillar of every church community. Paul actually ranks some of the spiritual gifts in chapter 12, 28 in terms of their blessing for the common good. Apostleship is number one. Prophecy is number two. Teaching is number three. You know, for many U.S. Christian churches, teaching has become the number one gift that they pursue. And the problem with teaching being number one, it's easy to do teaching of the Bible without the Spirit of God and dependency on God. We quickly can make the teaching of the Bible very academic. And that brings a class distinction in the body. 
God does not like those kind of distinctions between educated and uneducated. He wants everybody to be family. Can I get an amen for that? Right? Now, I don't have time to talk about today why apostleship needs to be number one. But prophecy needs to be number two because we need to be dependent on Jesus for him to show up to speak to us. All right? We need the teaching of the Bible to keep the spirit activity from getting extra biblical and outside the Bible and getting too crazy. Some of us have had experience with churches that they, they throw teaching out and it's just prophecy and spirit and it gets too crazy, right? We need all that, but, but the reason why we need prophecy to grow in our church is so that chapter 14, 25, Paul sums up his argument. And he says, so that when people come into our church gathering, they walk away going, God is really among you. That's why. See, what God wants us to do to help each other create a church where on Sunday morning and on your life group, when you're thinking about should I go or should I not, it's not like, ah, oh, do I want to see my friends or not? Uh, sometimes I know. Sometimes like I don't really want to see them right now. Do I want to see them or not? Should I go? Should I not? Should I be a good uh, Christian or not? God wants you to get up and go, I'm going because God's going to be there today. I can't wait to get to church because what's God going to do and what's he going to say to me? That's why we grow in the prophetic together, learning how to hear his voice and speak it. Jesus, we want all people to say, my gosh, this is a church body without any worldly distinctions. It doesn't matter if you're rich, poor, in the middle, if you've got a lot of formal education, if you've got a lot of street education, right? Everyone in this church is just centered around the active presence and the voice of an amazing shepherd. That's what we want. That's what the scripture pulls us to. Did you hear the call to pursue prophecy, to grow in prophecy, to hunger for it? Right? Verse 1 in, in this 1 Corinthians, follow the way of love and eagerly desire gifts of the Spirit, especially prophecy. Verse 12, so it is with you, since you're eager for gifts of the Spirit, try to excel in those that will build up the church. Now, in every church community, when we go after prophecy, as we start listening for the voice of God together, there's going to be a few folks that we realize over time God is giving very clear words to. Like, it's kind of a little bit uncanny, right? Some of you have probably been prayed for by Gus. He clearly, after 10 years of following Jesus and really practicing, uh, and I, I was with Gus when he didn't, he didn't hear so clearly. And I just told him, whatever you hear, just speak it, man. It's just being a Christian. And all I saw this guy just start to, right? There's some folk. Gus is right now, by the way, in Poland with our Acts of Mercy team uh, working with the Ukrainian refugees. He's going to be back next week, and he's setting things up so he can lead teams from L.A. over this next summer and year. So if God, talk about hearing God's voice. If God is calling you to kind of have a heart for what's going on there, Gus will be ready to lead a team. We will get more of that information. Please pray for him right now and the team that's there. But some folks like that, they rise, and they have what is the, called the spiritual gift of prophecy. Um, and the, the thing that we got to remember, though, it doesn't mean that those are the only people that hear the voice of Jesus. And it doesn't mean that they're the only one that we want to pray for us. <laughs> That's the problem with the spiritual gift of prophets is all of a sudden it's like, can he come pray for me? Can he come pray for me? Right? Gus starts walking around. How many of you are like, is he going to come pray? Some of you know it's like, I don't want him to pray for me. <laughs> He's going to rat me out right now. I just don't want my mail being read like that. Uh, 
See, Jesus works through the body. Someone like us cannot hear for everybody. God will not speak words for everybody through one person. He will not let one person be elevated to a higher status. And let me tell you, I, I, I elders, other people, we have to speak words to him. It's, it's not like he, right? So we all hear the voice of God, right? And when, when we all hear from a very clear word for somebody, we don't just go, how special is the person? We go, how special is Jesus that he would speak to me right now through a broken sinner? Uh, see, we need to have the posture of the Syrophoenician woman who told Jesus, even the crumbs of bread that fall off your table is good enough for me. If you hear something that's a little bit ambiguous, share it. That could be absolutely the food for somebody today, right, that they need. It's good enough. God knows. All right, let me just get some quick practicals, and then we're going to do this together, all right? Uh, somebody's like, oh, don't worry, it's not going to be, don't worry, all right, just trust me here. Gifted prophets, some of us are rolling in this, in these, have been rolling this for a while, so I just need to say this word. Gifted spiritual prophets need to submit to a church community. It's why apostles are first, why many reasons. Gifted prophets that roam the country and go from church to church are totally in disobedience. The ones that have these really clear words uh, uh, every person is called to commit to a local church family in deep love relationships for vulnerability and accountability. That we have problems in our, in, our, in our church movement. We've got too many gifted folks bouncing from conference to conference, church to church, coming in, whammo, and they're totally in sin in their private life because nobody knows them. Second practical I just want to throw out there. There is an aspect of faith required there's faith required in every aspect of following Jesus, right? Everything. There's always going to be a fear and or faith choice. You can't get around it. You've got to learn to just go, I trust you. I'm going to jump. So when Jesus talks about money, he says, set aside 10% of everything you earn and give it to trust that I will provide all that you need that you're not in charge of your provision. That takes a lot of faith. Amen? Amen. Yep. With evangelism, when he's like, I need you to tell the people around you how good I am, right? You're at work, you're at school. There's just a, okay, I can share about what happened at church today or not. There's a faith, a fear to faith challenge. So when he says, listen to my voice and then speak it, we have to act in faith and believe that he's going to speak. So, right, when we ask and we put ourselves in a posture and say, okay, Jesus, I'm listening, please speak. The shift that happened for me in my journey is I just finally said, you know what, I'm going to stop, like, is that you, is that not you? And I'm just going to say everything, and I'm going to say, Jesus speaks, it's on him, and I ask to listen, whatever comes in my brain, I'm just going to speak it. I'll find out after I speak it whether I'm right or not, and I'm okay with that mess. My, uh, even if it's like a red balloon, I'll just say it. It came into my brain. The first time I ever did this, got the teaching, said, partner up, just don't, don't share anything, and just speak. This dude, I didn't even know. I'm a young Christian. I'm like, okay. I looked at him and said, I don't know, man. I just, I just saw you running on a treadmill like crazy. That's it. I was like, he starts crying. I was like, what the heck? And then he starts telling me why that image exactly what, it, you know. I, I mean, he, he understood it. I was like, okay, just share it in faith. Let God take care of the rest. And then sometimes you're not going you're, you're to hear. That's okay. 
This one time we were in a ministry time. Pastor Chris. Now, I'm not young Chris anymore. I'm Pastor Chris. Went up to this woman, praying for her, and I was like, man, I keep hearing this. I don't even know the name of the person. I'll just say it was Benny. I was like, I just keep hearing Benny. Does Benny mean anything to you? And she just looks at me. No, like, she just was like, not at all. It was like, no, like, being nice about it, you know, like, no, not really. I'll pray about it, though. You know, she's like, not at all. I was like, then that's not from Jesus. All right, let me just pray a blessing over you. I can tell you as many of those kind of stories as stories of like, wow, God spoke through me for somebody else. We are sinful people. This is not a performance, y'all. This is family. This is family. And so we just, just speak what we say and just let God work it out and just... Do you realize that Jesus is as happy in the moment that you get it wrong, that you did it, than he is when you get it right? He just loves a daughter or a son that says, I trust you. That honors him when we jump into the mess together. Next practical, don't take too long. Ask Jesus to speak. If you sit there, you just start overthinking it. I don't know, is that what I ate yesterday? Is that, I don't know, I'm not sure. And it's five minutes later, and you have, you're just gone. You're in the, in the black hole of your mind. Just ask Jesus to speak. Speak the first one or two impressions. You know, give it 30 seconds or whatever. Give it a minute, no more, and then just speak. And just give it in humility, right? One of the, one of the, the dangerous things we can do is come to me and say, the word of God says this. Very dangerous to do that, right? Uh, some of the gifted folks, they might be able to do that, but every time you hear a word from God, you have your own agency. You take that and you wrestle with the Lord, and is that from you, Lord? You don't just, right? But what we should do is we should give the word in humility. Say, hey, this is what I hear. Does it mean anything? What, what do you feel? And then we'll pray through it together. And that's just family. It's fun. Let people confirm it. Sometimes... Uh, I don't have time to share another story. Oh. But sometimes, like uh, two weeks ago, Gus had a word for me. It didn't make sense. So we've learned. Let's just pray into that image. And then after we pray into the image, then it made sense. So sometimes it's just layers. Um, okay. Last, last practical. Worship team, come on up because I just need to get going. Here we go. <laughs> Paul says, the one who prophesies speaks to people for their strengthening encouraging and, and comfort. You hear that? Words of God are for to strengthen somebody, to encourage somebody, and to comfort people. Let me say that again. When you're listening for the word of God for somebody, it's to encourage them, strengthen them, or comfort them. So as we should pray for people, we should assume that's what we're going to get for people. We are not to, to, to challenge people or rebuke people by saying, I heard something from God to rebuke you or challenge you. Guess what, y'all? The Bible, thank you, thank you, my man. The Bible has all the words of challenge that we all need. That's why God put it in the Bible, so nobody can manipulate anybody by going, I'm gonna blah, blah. read the Bible and we'll all be challenged. What we need is encouragement. We need strengthening. We need comfort, right? If you see an area of life in somebody that's not doing so well, right, just talk to them as a friend. Don't use the, I, I, God's telling me this, right? Just say, hey, I love you. I want to ask you about this area of your life. I'm concerned for you. When we pray for people, we don't 
We don't tell them who they should marry or who they should date. We don't tell them where they should give their money, right? We don't, we don't do that. We strengthen and comfort and encourage them. We strengthen and comfort and encourage them. Mm. Let's hear his voice together, y'all. See, circling back to John chapter 10, the best part for me today is verse three. He calls his own sheep by name. Jesus knows my name. In the billions and billions of people, he knows my name, he knows your name. He knows your story, he knows it better than you. He has been with you in every single thing of your life. He's got a lot to say out of love for you. You have access to a personal, unique relationship with God. You have been given the VIP tickets, backstage passage. You are royalty. You belong in the throne room with the king. You belong right there in front of the king, listening to him. He is the one doing all the work. It's not about us trying to work ourselves up. It's just, by, God, you love me. You're chasing me. I'm stopping to listen. He loves you. He wants to speak. He wants you on a journey of learning how to hear his voice. It just takes time. Stay in it. Oh, he loves you. Surrender. Total ob obedience. So what I want you to do, we're going to just, as the music is playing, let's just practice together. I want you first to bring one area of your life to your mind, whether it's a, an area of struggle for you or it's an area where you just need the guidance of Jesus. Bring that to mind. And then I'm going to create some space, and we're going to ask Jesus to speak to each one of us into that area that you're bringing to him. He might give you a word, like a, a, an actual word, a, a sentence. He might give you a phrase. He might give you a picture. He might give you a feeling. Come, Lord Jesus, and speak. Come, Holy Spirit of God, and speak. We are listening. 